paper cups inside of plastic cups. Welcome to Plastic Cups Inside Paper Cups Inside Plastic Cups, the special 20th anniversary party line edition. It looks like, Omar, we already have our first caller calling into the party line. He's a little He's just chomping. He's chomping at the bit. He just can't wait. Yeah, well, let's explain really quickly. Um, you know, this episode especially invited a lot of our listeners to uh, call in throughout the show live. And we've got our first caller already, so we might as well get to him. And then we can tell, talk a little bit more once we have uh, some breaks in, in the guests. Um, yeah, before we get to him, like, date is December 18th, 2023. We're recording this. Yes. Friday Good. night, lots, lots of energy. This had our first Lots snowfall of the year, so things are changing. That's right. So now I gotta find out how to let him into the meeting now that he oh he's gone. Um that's what happens when you're Where did he it. go? You think well, he's, assuming... he called into another show instead of ours? But yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, he has he has five minutes, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, he he was a little early anyway, so he was he was so hopefully he'll call back in. Um, but yeah, so we're you know we wanted to do something special for the twentieth anniversary episode. Um, you know, I'll pepper in some some things about the party line. I don't know how, I don't know if you were familiar with that term, Omar. Did you ever call in the party lines when you were younger? No, I mean I did some prank calling when I was younger, and that. Concept of a party line kind of reminds me of Wayne's World. It's like, did they inspire this movement? Uh, no. Um, well, I mean, so the history of it, and I don't know how far we'll get into it if, if uh, our caller calls back in right away. But it used to be in the rural areas they couldn't get like enough phone lines out to everybody, so they had what was like a party line in rural areas back in the I don't know early 1900s, I suppose. I should should look that up. But um, and so like it was basically a line where multiple people could use the line. If somebody was on it, you had to wait, like a neighbor, you'd have to wait until they were off it. Um, and other people could listen in to you. It was you know, a really odd shared resource. And then it was reinvented in the 80s as these party lines where they would, you know, they would have these numbers you'd call in. You probably saw, you might have seen commercials like, you know, meet local singles kind of thing, or, you know, teen chat lines. It's a, essentially, it was the early iteration of a, a, an online, uh, chat forum where you just call in and uh, and you could just talk to people. I mean, the issue obviously is if there's more than like five people, it's just a cacophony of of people talking. But there was a lot of variety of like what those things were meant to do. Um, people hooking up, people just talking, pe people playing music. Um, so that that was kind of what it was, and that kind of you know in the in the 80s. By the early 90s, they were kind of disappeared because it just came, became, I think, competitive with the internet. And then also they had different ways of doing like 900 numbers and stuff like that. And it wasn't just this random kind of public party line. Did you ever take part in a party line? No, I don't think I ever did. I just remember hearing 
And I, I did a lot of Googling. It took me a long time to, f it was all about these teen chat lines and the fact that, you know, kids were calling these numbers and racking up like hundreds of dollars on their parents' phone bill. Um, and so um, that's what all the articles were about. But there was also just like, I was reading about, um, like they're talking about like in Pennsylvania, like it was like, it's just a big diversity of things. It could be like two people talking quietly. It could be like a party thing. I, I had heard about this somewhere, like, you know, I think that was also kind of like a way for, you know, people to hook up in New York City where they were popular. Couldn't find any good articles on that. Um, and, and then a lot of the stuff was on the old 80s or the old, old version of the, the party line, which was, you know, in rural, rural areas, it's probably counted until the 60s or 70s. I wouldn't be surprised. To me, this actually sounds like a better version of Twitter or Facebook because you're actually like hearing people's voices and you don't know what's going to happen. People are reacting to each other's emotions, not just words and pictures. Yeah. And it's also a little bit like a Zoom call, <laughs> you know, like with a bunch yeah. of people. And I imagine, you know, when you have more than like eight people on a Zoom call, it's just a, it's just a mess. And that's what that sounds like, kind of. Um, but in any case, I don't know. We'll see if our caller calls back, but um, anything else going on in your world today? We're, you know, approaching um, Christmas and New Year's and stuff like that. Nothing too exciting. Uh, shoveled some snow yesterday and that was kind of fun. It was something different to do from the usual. I guess in pandemic days, there's not that much to do. So little things like that are kind of fun, actually. Uh, so but did you have both? Because you have two properties. Did you have to shovel the sidewalk for both? Yeah, I shoveled it both. I was going to pay someone to do it at my other property. I have this app that's kind of like an Uber, but for shoveling snow. But it, <laughs> the charge—the charge was going to be like a hundred bucks, and I don't know. Maybe the app just isn't that good at telling that you know this is in a dense city and this is actually just a small, really small amount of space to shovel. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to pay 100 bucks for yeah. for like 40 minutes of shoveling snow. So uh, yeah, did them at both properties. Didn't take too long. But uh, I, what about you? I guess your condo association fees cover that. Yeah, the association took rid of it, and our caller is in, so I'm going to let him in. All right. Welcome to Plastic Cups Inside Paper Cups Inside Plastic Cups. How are you doing this evening? And who are I'm you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. Is this Cousin Pete? This is the infamous Cousin Pete, and the pleasure is all yours, Omar. Excited to have you here. What's going on, Cousin Pete? Talk to us. I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a bigger fan of you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, I have to get my, my notes. Unfortunately, it crept up on me. I had a work call. Um, so I almost missed my obligation. I apologize for that. No, no, no worries. You don't need, you don't need notes. All right. First question right out of the gate. You, you strike me as a muscle car guy. Like you were into muscle cars. You probably have one right now. What makes a good muscle car? Uh, I, I have to go on the record as saying I've only owned one muscle car. And I'm not a muscle car guy. I think they're cool. Um, but what makes a muscle car is, is character and the look. 
it's not as much about the engine as how how badass it looks and how tough it is and but I'm not I'm not a huge muscle car guy. I did what have kind, a, what kind of muscle car did you have? I had a Mustang hatchback 5.0. Okay, what year was that? Like early 80s? No, come on, dude. I'm not that old. I had a 90, a 92 or 93. I'm trying to remember. It was at Oneonta State. Oh, I think yeah, I figured you had it, you know, when you were in college. But- yeah, yeah. I thought you maybe had an '80s version. I didn't know you could afford a, a '90s. Very Guido. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was my high school graduation gift. That was actually pretty cool. It was it was bought off a of family friends who got a deal. Thanks for thanks for calling me poor, Dennis. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you're calling <laughs> me Dennis now. <laughs> All right. Question number two. All right. Uh, Dennis, you got one or should I shoot another one? Well, well, Pete here is one of our, I think, long time, first times. Um, what, what do you have any favorite, um, you know, favorite episode or favorite memories from the, from the pod? Um, no, I actually enjoy it all. I like the way it flows. I like the dynamic of you two. Um, I think my absolute favorite part was, my favorite clip or little blurb was when you scolded Omar for wanting to dress up as COVID-19 for Halloween. <laughs> I thought that was great because he was like, well, can you dress up as COVID-19? And, and he wasn't saying he was going to, but you absolutely shut that down instantaneously. And in kind of like a, when I used to get mad at my kids, but it was hilarious. I'll give you an example. We were at a nice family restaurant and my son snuck up to the jukebox when he was like 12 and he played DMX (laughs) in this quiet Sunday family restaurant blaring over the jukebox. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. (laughs) You're petrified, but you're like happy and it's funny. So it's really hard to scold someone in a situation like that. And that's kind of how I felt that went when Dennis told you, no, you can, it's not cool to dress up as, as COVID-19. It would, have, it would have helped raise awareness, but I see your point. Were, <laughs> did your uh, 12-year-old kid, did he know he was doing something, something a little weird playing DMX in that situation? Or did you think he just no, thought to himself, was, I no. like DMX, I'm going to play DMX. No, probably everybody likes DMX. He likes DMX, as do I. He knew it was totally going to get him in huge trouble. It was more for the effect to scare all the early bird special crowd in a quiet, quaint restaurant. I mean, I've literally done the same thing, so I can't blame him. (laughs) I have an unbelievable story. I don't know if you want to hear it, and it just happened last week. Yeah. Go for it. All right. So I live right off a main thoroughfare here on Long Island in New York. And there's been like police chases and accidents because I I live down in the residential neighborhood, but it's just off that, like near parkways. And so it's happened in the past. People have dumped a stolen car near my house because it's like 
where you wouldn't see it and it's a quiet neighborhood and then they get picked up, jump in another car and go on the parkway. So last week I came back from visiting family members upstate and I see this smashed up older blue BMW and I'm like, what the fuck? So I go check it out. The doors are unlocked. So of course I go in it. I check it out. This is Sunday afternoon. I don't think much of it. I'm like, oh, a stolen car. No big deal. Whatever. They'll pick it up in a couple of weeks. So the guys will come back and get it who stole it and ditched it. There's a huge bag of weed. I pick it up. It's totally crap. There's like a half smoked blunt. There's like one Air Force One sneaker in the back. And then like a McDonald's bag and like snow pants. And I'm like, what the fuck? But the tire was totally mangled. The rim. There was smashes on the driver's side throughout the whole car. So I don't think much of it. I go out drinking with my buddies. I come back. My wife and I go out to dinner with another couple. I drink more. I'm like, you know what? I got to get this car out of here. I call 911. I'm like, I'd like to report a stolen vehicle in front of my house. They're like, they start screaming at me. And I'm like, is it, what do you mean? They're like, well, how do you know it's stolen? What are you talking about? I'm like, well, there's different license plates on the front and back. It was abandoned, unlocked. The keys are on the floor, and it's smashed up. Uh, and they, but they're yelling at me, and I'm like, "All right, leave it. I don't care. I'm just telling you, I just reporting it because I want it out of my front yard." So, 30 minutes later, I keep drinking. I'm watching Sunday night football. The door, knock on the door. I go out. This woman cop starts yelling at me. Oh, you want to see us? I'm like whoa, I don't know. Who are you? Or are you responding to my call tonight? <laughs> and she's still yelling at me. So then she goes, I don't even work over here. And you bothered us. I go, bothered you from your nap? I don't like, what are you talking about? This car is stolen. And she's like, how do you know? I go, well, let me teach you how to do your job. There's different license plates on the front and back. It's smashed up. The keys are still in it. It's unlocked. Not to mention there's a big bag of weed in there. She's like, well, how, how do you know it's unlocked? I go, it was the old school locks with a black thing, like the, the lock would pop up. You could see it was unlocked. You just opened the door. But, And then she really started yelling at me. And I'm like, are you going to arrest me, ma'am? I'm like, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> just trying to help out. So then the guy cop with her was like kind of it, going back to how Dennis scolded you and I scolded my kid when he played DMX. He was like, Kind of scolding me, but kind of trying not to laugh for me insulting the female officer about her nap. And then they just left. And I'm like, wow, that was weird. So Monday morning, I'm like, or Sunday night, I'm like, screw it. That's it. I went online and I donated the car to Cars for Kids. <laughs> and they came and picked it up <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but did you ever get to the out of why they are so bent out of shape about you reporting what looked to be a the product of a uh, of a, a crime. I don't know if the operator was having a bad day and then told the cops I was an asshole or something. I, I have no idea. I was very polite and I would like to even hear the call back. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but I donated the cause for kids. Now, and when you open the thing, door. Did you open the door of the car? I showed the cops. I go, look, there's weed here. I go, no. it's smashed up. Did you, did you open it? It was unlocked. And yes, I opened to look around because I, I knew something fishy about the car. And it's, it's yeah, the third right. time 
the third time in my 18 years living here, it's happened. And yeah, both of yeah. the times the cops just came. The next day, a tow truck came from Nassau County PD and they picked it up. Maybe it was like a, a, maybe it was a bait car. Maybe they're trying to lure somebody into something there. And they, they're like, I, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> but the funniest thing about the whole story, when you call cars for kids, they ask you, they have the nerve to ask you how you heard about them. You know the commercials, right? One eight seven. No, I don't. No, no. I never heard of cars for kids before. Must be a Long Island thing. No, it's New York. It's so there's there's this company called Cars for Kids, and you can. I'm a little them. I'm a little worried about some kid driving this car right now. It doesn't <laughs> seem like it's very safe. I, I believe the donation gets auctioned and the money goes to help children. I don't believe they let children drive these cars. <laughs> okay, I feel the, better. I right, just so hand the keys. Any of your New York listeners will be extremely familiar with the radio commercials 1877 Cars for Kids. And it's a really catchy yet annoying. It's one of those nauseating. Everybody knows it. Um, so it was funny to me when she asked because I'm like, everybody knows Cars for Kids. It's like on the radio nonstop. So, but well, I blew that yeah. with the Philly crowd. I didn't know that wasn't in Philadelphia. I apologize. In, in Philly, we just we just burn our abandoned cars in the street. Well, um, in a drunken rage yeah. after the police showed up, I told my wife I was going to burn the car and smash it, and then she <laughs> told me I wasn't allowed to. So I called cars for kids. There you go. Well, I we are you know we have another caller coming up in a few minutes. Um, I don't know, any parting words, Pete, did any parting words from yourself? Well, as 2020 closes out, I would just like to say that we need a lot more love in the world. And I love you two both very much. And I wish you the best this holiday season. And I look forward to hopefully spending some non-COVID party time with you both sometime in the near future. So well, I co-sign all of that. I completely agree. Yeah, and uh, we appreciate your support for the pod. It kept us I going. Love the show, guys. Um, I and we and I love you too, man. Appreciate you calling in. Um, um, hopefully, we can yeah get together and and uh, really hang out in the near future. Looking forward to it. Peace out, homies. All right, give the family. Peace out, cousin Pete. Later. Thanks a million. All right. Well, that. Cut. It was great, and it looks like we have our next caller already. Uh, let's uh, let him in. Dave, welcome to Plastic Cups Inside, Paper Cups Inside, Plastic Cups. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. I didn't realize we'd be right on. Okay. Yeah, we're on a tight ship here. We're on a tight ship here. We just had Cousin Pete on, so and, and boom, you were there. So. All right. Well, glad to be All on. Right. Thank you for having well, me. Well, fir- the first thing I want to ask you about is you created quite a stir. Quite a stir about a month ago when you emailed the following question. (laughs) Hey, I really like to get under the skin of others. It's what I think about when I wake up in the morning and close my eyes at night. I'm getting worse at it, though. What can I do to get better at it? Like, is that really your goal in life? How can I get under the skin of others? Well, I got to say, I have to set the record straight here. This is a farce been perpetrated against my good name i did not make those statements and i do Wait. not stand by them what what are you talking about are you buying this dennis 
Wait, what, well, I'm on it. what do you mean? You, you're saying you didn't email that in? Absolutely not. There is somebody perpetrating under my good name, making questions and statements like that, and that is not me. Babe, you're not important enough to be impersonated. Uh, <laughs> that, might, that might be true, but there's somebody out there. I don't know who they are. Uh, they clearly care enough to use my name. Now, so, in a way, it's almost a compliment. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Dave. How many, is it possible you sent this email without realizing it? Like, you strike me as a guy who might sleepwalk, who might, <laughs> you know, get a little, you know, a little substance in you that makes you unaware of what you're doing. I mean, are you, are, you're not like fully awake and conscious 24-7, are you? Well, no, I, I do sleep. But I would say with 100% confidence, this is not me. All right. Well, I, I, take, I mean, I don't know. Omar seems to be a little bit. What do they call the opposite of a hostile witness, a hostile um, interrogator? Um, but I think, I, think <laughs> yeah, his, maybe. <laughs> I, I take him at his word. Um, you know, if somebody had mailed that question into the mailbag from out of state and they, you know, impersonating you and then crossing state lines, that's a, that could be a, a felony. So, um, you know, we'll have our lawyers, which are essentially is Dave and Omar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll get right on it. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah, because, you know, you don't want your good name as good as it is uh, to be sullied. Um, Omar, I don't know if you have any questions specifically for, for Dave, but Dave, what's just what's going on? You, you started a new job um, not too long ago. We're looking at the Christmas is coming up. What's what's going on in your life? Uh, so I did start a new job about two and a half months ago. It's going well. Uh, it's sort of been a little crazy because, you know, like everyone else, uh, I'm working remotely. And I started this job. I interviewed remotely, uh, got the job offer remotely, and I've been working remotely. So I've never actually met any of these people in person. So are you <laughs> sure they're real? <laughs> Well, you know, work gets assigned and money comes in uh, in terms of salaries. So I think they're real. But as long as the money's real. Yeah, yeah the money's real. It, it goes into the bank account. So yeah, I think the money's real. Um, so yeah, that's that's mostly what I've been doing. And uh, yeah, we're getting ramped up for Christmas. I think we're going to try. We've been basically quarantining ourselves for the last couple of weeks. So we're going to maybe try to get up to New York to see my family. I haven't seen them in several months at this point. Uh, but, you know, that's a day-to-day -day thing. We have to see how everything goes. Right, right. It's uh, same, same here. Yeah, it would, it would be nice. It would be nice to see them. But, you know, if things take a turn for the worst, then no, you know. All right. I, I got a question for you, Dave. Are you going to spin okay. the wheel? Are you going to spin the question? Yeah, more? I'm going to spin the question where we'll see what comes up. Okay. Spinning, spinning, it's landing on... All right, this is a good one. I'm glad it landed on this one. Why do you think the hippie movement died out? We have like 11% of the hippies we had in the 60s. What do you think happened? <laughs> I want to know where you got that stat. That's a very good stat, 11% of the hippies from the 60s. All right. Um... I think that 
as with most things, it's probably like an ebb and flow kind of situation. Um, you know, a lot of free love and openness was prevalent in the 60s and that got popular for a while, but then, you know, all good things must end and there was probably some, you know, counterculture backlash to it. And so maybe we're still in that time where, you know, people are anti-hippie, but I think with any good thing, it will come back. Yeah, it wasn't just the cultural pushback. I mean, there was AIDS and other venereal diseases that popped up between the uh, yeah. uh, the introduction of birth control, which meant there was basically the opportunity to have free love and then, um, then the, the big repercussions that became... Uh, clear from that is what at least one of the factors but sorry i butted in on, on dave's answer <laughs> no no th that was my answer yeah i think you make a good point that you know even some more significant you know long-standing you know life-changing issues like uh, diseases and stuff probably were another reason or part of it that you know led to its demise but you know with advancing technology and you know a lot of things that have helped treat aids or at least hiv you know hopefully uh, a little more free love and uh, openness, you know, all the positive attributes of the 60s could come back. I'm not against it. You heard it yeah, here. Probably, it was probably uh, a lot of blame probably falls on Charles Manson. He got associated with the hippie movement. I feel like if we had an anti-Charles Manson, whatever the opposite of what he did is, could <laughs> isn't help that, bring back isn't the everyone movement. else? Isn't isn't the well, Charles Manson just not murdering people in cults? No, you need like a Jerry Garcia kind of figure. You need what's you know we don't really have a current like there's no leader for the hippie movement. You know, yeah, or raising people from the dead. I guess that's the opposite of killing people, right? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's yeah. You know, people have been saying that's going to happen for a long time. So and and Jesus was always wearing a lot of colorful clothes, right? Oh I mean, yeah, pictures. Yeah, he was known for like taupe and tan and brown. So yeah, a lot of color. Yeah, I mean he had, he had a Technicolor Drinko, right? <laughs> oh no, that was Joseph. That was his dad. Actually, I've seen only part of that play, but like performed locally, uh, and it was not good. <laughs> oh yeah, I only know it from posters in my high school <laughs> for for yeah. high school. So my my first girlfriend of my whole life was in a production of that. And like, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I can't even remember what character she was. <laughs> so I have a question. I'm, I'm gonna do a carryover from, from a previous guest. Um, so um, our cousin, Pete, or my cousin Pete, not, he's not really Omar, he, but he's cousin Pete. He's the uh, podcast's cousin. He's Omar's he's, official cousin. <laughs> he's, he told a story he's about a podcast stolen... podcast of plastic cups inside paper cups inside plastic cups. Sorry, go ahead. He told a story about a stolen car that was left outside of his house. Have you ever, and he reported it and, and, and craziness ensued, have you ever like seen a stolen car, seen somebody steal a car, and or reported it to the police? Dave? No. Uh, like actually seeing a robber, like a car robbery, or, or, or somebody ever stole your car, or let's you know. Well, wait, this did this did happen to Dave once 
He couldn't remember where he parked his car and couldn't find it for a couple weeks. <laughs> so, all right. So that, so that's true. So I wouldn't go as far as saying someone stole my car, but if anybody, you know, and I know you have a big, deep following of Philadelphia listeners here. If anybody has ever dealt with the water department uh, or the Philadelphia streets department, they'll know what I'm talking about. Apparently, if there's ever a situation where they need to do emergency road work, they have the right to move your car with like very little notice, like maybe a day's notice. They'll put a sign out and say, like, if you don't move your car by tomorrow, we can move your car. And this happened to me almost 10 years ago. I parked my car on the street, really didn't drive the car very much. And then, like Omar said, one day I went looking for the car and it was just gone. And I looked all over the place for the car, couldn't find the car, uh, you know, called the police, you know, mentioned it could have been stolen. And the police mentioned this to me. They told me about this, this water department situation. And they said, you know, the water department can move your car up to five square blocks from your house. So they can move it five blocks north, south, east, west from your house. And I actually saw them do it to another car. And basically a couple guys go to each corner of the car, they lift it up and they put a dolly under the wheel. And then all of a sudden, like it's, a, it's amazing, they can just push the car down the street and they moved my car about three blocks away from my house. And it took me, I don't know, over a month to find it. I thought it was gone. I thought it was stolen. Oh my God. That's yeah, they actually, they actually kind of moved it a little bit into a bad neighborhood. They moved it closer to um, our kickball field, uh, you know, in the projects or in, you know, a not so nice area of, of the city. And I found it one day when I was, you know, I had to walk over to or run over to kickball and I found the, the car just <laughs> sitting on the side of the road. That's <laughs> it nuts. Was, it was kind of terrible. Yeah. It was like well, the best I, and worst thing. Yeah, I know they would do that in our neighborhood. It, not even just for like a city project. They would do it for like Second Street Festival. And, you know, they'd throw up the signs. And if you didn't see the sign, because it's just, you know, these, these flimsy signs. And next thing you know, like your car is like around the block or blocks away. And people usually go on the neighborhood Facebook page and are like, hey, where are the cars being put? Like, um, so yeah, that's that's crazy. I didn't know. I don't remember that happening. That's crazy. I had no idea. See, like it was such a long time ago. It was probably like 2011, 2012. So at that point, like I wasn't so familiar with the city and wasn't so savvy, you know, like now, you know, since then I've been in, you know, I was in the Fishtown Neighborhood Association Facebook group and now I'm in the Fairmont one. And you're right. Like now you could just ask and other people will tell you, you know, there's, you know, you can get that, that kind of hive mind information. Um, but I always found it like once I figured this out, I was just like enamored by it because it wasn't like they can move it one block. They can move it like within 25 blocks and they don't even keep track of where they move it to. They just <laughs> tell you sometimes, not even all the time, all they, all they do is they tell you, yes, your name or your car is on our list. So we know we moved your car, but we don't know where we moved your car to. It's like they're playing Huckle Buckle Beanstalk with your car. Like, yeah, your car is somewhere in the 25 square block radius. <laughs> you're getting warmer. You're getting colder. 
And if you think about it, right? So at that point, I lived at Mount Vernon and Broad. So five blocks south, you're like in Center City. Five blocks north, you're in North Philadelphia. Five blocks west, you're in, in Fairmont. And five blocks east, you're in, you know, sort of an industrial wasteland area. So, like, the 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 area that they could put your car is, like, it was, like, half the city, you know, or, like, a quarter of the city was was where your car was. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, we are coming to the end. We got another caller coming up in a few minutes. Um, we appreciate you calling in. Dave, do you have any final parting words? Uh, sure. I just want to congratulate you guys on a very successful run thus far. Uh, I don't know if I've heard this and, you know, it it doesn't need to be said, but I was just thinking about, you know, being on the podcast for a few minutes and I realized that I'm the connection between you and Omar. Um, And it really all stems back from kickball and all that (laughs) stuff. So it's, you know, it, it, and if we even go further back, then I guess we have to credit Nadia um, for this, but I'm really glad in this really small, insignificant way to be a part of, you know, you guys making this great podcast. So congratulations. Well, that is definitely true. You are the connection between us and uh, thanks for your help and support. Yeah. And, and um, whenever they make the, the behind the music for plastic cups inside paper cups inside plastic cups, you'll probably get, you know, a little three minute thing where you could say that so thank you for the support no, legitimately thank you for the support and keep on listening and you know tell emma the graveyard girl we said hello i i will and i just hope that when they make that movie that somebody good gets to play me not you know we'll see though we'll see what happens yeah yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking a you know a a I don't know. I have to think of who that might be, but you yeah, realize- I don't. I don't want you to say it. I don't want you to say. Yeah, it. I know. I was saying. I was thinking of something. It was going to be insulting, like. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you realize behind the music isn't a, um, a dramatization, right? Uh, actually, I thought it was. So <laughs> oh, okay. All right. In any case, well, thanks for calling in. Uh, uh, you guys enjoy the the holidays. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll chat at some point. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great one. You thanks, too. Bye. Bye. All right. How about Dave? Boom. All right. So that was great to talk to Dave. It looks like we have another caller. Let's see who this is. I I can't tell um, quite who it is. Uh, Hello there. I don't know if you can hear us. Can you? uh, Can you hear us, sir? Hello? Hello, uh, ma'am or or sir? Who is this? It's... it's sir. It's Jensen. 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 Fantana. Jensen, we were worried about you. We used to get emails yeah. from you all the time, and then one day they just stopped. Did you like lose your computer? I, no, no. Uh, there's been a big outage uh, in uh, in Idaho uh, with the internet. I haven't had internet since I'm about um, August. Oh. So and it just came back today. I think that oh, was no, a I'm, sign I'm, I'm, from the Lord. 
No, I'm I'm using um, the um, uh, cellular um, contact method these days. Oh, oh, well, that's good. Um, well, yeah, we were worried sick to say the least, um, and you know, we we you know we don't have a lot of callers in the. I don't know. You're, is Idaho the Midwest or is it the the? the... Yeah, well, yeah. We, it's the other side of the mountains is the way I like to look at it. Uh, but uh, it's close enough to the Midwest. That's the mountain a, when she comes. Sorry, go ahead. That's that's uh actually Janet's uh she sings that song around bedtime, um, which is cool. I think. Uh, have you you haven't met her, right? She's she's an emailed you separately. She sometimes does that. No, I don't think so. I feel like we've gotten emails from the two of you, but they seem to be in your style. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. We, uh, well, you know, Janet, it's been a busy, busy fall. We've been putting all, um, planting the potatoes over there. Yeah. So Janet is your wife, I take it. Yeah, she's she's been my wife for about seventeen uh, seventeen glorious years. She's a a heck of a lady. Uh, if if you ever uh, watch Designing Women, she she looks like uh, um, the the blonde lady on that show. If you remember her, Annie Potts, I Delta, think her name was Delta Burks. No, Delta Burks was a bigger lady. My wife is a bit more petite. Oh, oh, okay. Annie Fair Potts. Enough. She was. She worked at the designing firm. She was. She was a great lady. The one that looked like uh, Reed McIntyre. Nope, that was a different lady. All right, I, I can send you some pictures if if you like. They're they're they're, they're very uh, professional. They're they're not nothing dirty. Um, so I, okay, I can send yeah, them your please, way. Please, please do that. Um, Omar, do you want to spin the question wheel for uh, Jensen here? Yeah, let's spin the question wheel. All right, it came down on this. What is your favorite, what was your favorite toy as a kid? Oh, be, uh, uh, I'd say, uh, no pressure. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh the uh the lincoln no it's legos i have to say it's legos the legos um, blocks the legos blocks the, the small ones um and i'm guessing we only you had built mountains a, we would build all sorts of things we uh i built a uh a, a little house for my turtle out of that when I was a kid, uh, it was it was green and it had a brown roof, and uh, the turtle uh, lived in there. I don't know, better part of six years. And uh, man, you ever have a turtle, you guys? I actually did have a turtle, but I think it died after a couple weeks. It was it didn't last too long. I don't know. I don't think I don't think we knew exactly how to take care of a turtle. Do you feel guilty about this? Ah, do I feel guilty? No, no, because I was like a kid. And like, what did I know as a kid? I feel like when you're seven or eight, there's only so much you can really be responsible for. That's fair. That's why you don't put kid child murderers in jail, right? 
I get it. Yeah, I feel like if you're seven and you murder someone, you can probably just like say, "Hey, I'm only seven. Like, especially a good for nothing turtle, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I know one of our callers coming up is uh, had turtles for a long time because they're tortoises and they live forever. So once you have them, you have them. You know, just for the listener out there, stay tuned for that. Um, Ooh, yeah. How does a how does a turtle pet? Compared to say a dog, are you a dog or a cat guy or a both? Oh uh, no, I'm a bird man. I've always a been bird a bird man. man. Yeah. Do you put them in cages or do you just no let them... no? I just uh, no. We just have birds that live in the trees, and you know they they feed themselves. They have their own house, and you know I see them and I give them names and uh. I think that's better. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to cage him up after. After the turtle issue, I, I I've moved to not really domesticating animals anymore. Hmm. What What was the What was the turtle issue? Did the turtle issue? Oh, I didn't tell you what happened at the end of the six years. Uh. Uh. I don't want to talk about it. Sorry. It's. It's but it's it's, it's it was a that's tough understandable. Time. But this is yeah. This is a safe space. I mean, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, all right. We're really I'll, good I'll, at giving emotional support. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what what happened. I I I, I it was winter and I wanted it to warm up the turtle's Lego house and I I put the turtle in the microwave in the Lego house and it melted on the turtle and it was a big mistake. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were experimenting. You were young. Um, I guess you were trying to keep them warm, so you had the best intentions. It wasn't like animal torture. Yeah, I didn't understand how microwaves worked at the time. It was it was it was 1982, and they were brand new things. And I, you know, I because they don't feel hot, so I was confused. Well, as long as you've learned from your mistake, I say, you know. It's a positive oh, in a way because now you know day, I, not to do that again. Yeah, we. Oh well, we don't even have a microwave anymore. It's toaster ovens all the way. Yeah. You know they say it's like uh, it's it toaster ovens all the way to the bottom, just like turtles. Hmm. So I have I have uh, a question. Uh, one of our last colors um, uh, mentioned that his first girlfriend in in high school was uh, in a production of the Joseph, uh, the popular production. Um, uh, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I was curious if you were ever in a in theater when you were younger, um, or you know, were involved in in the performance arts in any way. Uh, y- yeah, um, I was in a, 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 a in the in the eighth grade. I was in a, a production of uh, Fiddler on the Roof, and I I, I played a. I played the dad, who was a sort of a sad character. Um, it's a real Russian literature makes me sad. So, um, but I, yeah, I was like, you know, if I was a rich man, yada da 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 do 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 do. Good, good songs, good people. I'd say the the Russians. What year was that? Was that in, sorry, I missed it. Is that in high school? Yeah, it was in 1986. It was. Uh, mm. Which is a a good year for for uh, it was a good year for me. I, I think I may have peaked. 
Hmm, peaked in 86. Just like Phil Collins. Yeah. Phil Collins, that guy's a heck of a musician. Have you seen you seen you seen he's what he's up to these days? It's great. Well last I heard no, he, he last I heard he 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 played live aid in the US and then flew to Wembley Stadium Stadium in UK and uh, on the uh what are the big the big Boeing uh what was it, jumbo jet thing. Uh that was the last I heard from him. Well, I heard he's been collaborating with these two young gentlemen in, in Gary, Indiana. Uh and in and in some sort of collaboration to, to bring his music to the younger generation. Hmm. Sounds promising. Gary, Indiana, uh, home of the Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, he's a, that, that, that spellbounding spellbinding is the, the phrase I would describe Phil Collins. But, but, but anyway, 1986 was a great year uh, for, for just a, a million reasons. So, but why do you ask about my uh, my entertainment skill sets? Yeah, we were just wa- we were just wondering, like, you, you you know, you seem to have a theatric and artistic side. We're just curious about how how that gets released. Are you like involved in Idaho State Theater? Do you give tours of Idaho? Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm less of a, a showman. But I'm more of a. I like my craft, and uh, I, I I can. Uh, uh, well, I I've been working on building now. Uh, I'll let the cat out of the bag. I'm behind a lot of the crop circles, and the wheat fields out here. Uh, I've been able to create through some methods I cannot tell you about about creating these um, these magnificent crop circles. Um, and the, the, I've actually have an, an entire, um, symbolic language that I've created, um, that ideally people flying over, you know, would be able to understand the language if they were to see it from an airplane. Wow. So you're behind the crop circles. So is what's like your motivation? Do you just like the way they look? Or are you trying to fool people into believing in extraterrestrials? Like, or are you communing with some other being? Like, what's the deal? What's the oh? Why? Well, let me say when I say I'm behind them, I'm behind the ones in my backyard. Not all of them. That would be okay. silly. Uh, yeah. So just so you know, the, 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 don't 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 inform anybody. Any any crop circles have been only in my own backyard, and and, and I don't want any trouble with the police. So, just so no. You know. But why are, why are you making crop circles? Like what what is it inside of you that says I want to make a crop circle? I want to communicate with people in, in ways that I can't in my day to day life, and I, I feel that you know uh, the best way to do that is to to, to to put things out there that, that people or aliens could see and uh, and see what see what I learned. I'm also big in um, I've got a big uh, uh, telescope as well um, to see if anybody's seen what I'm putting down. So it, it's it's to communicate with people, I guess. Hmm. Well, that's the hmm. same reason we do this this podcast, right, Omar? So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we we're gonna we got a, a, another caller. Uh, it looks like he's dialing in, um, but you know, Jensen, please keep on writing us. Um, any any final words you want to say to the the listeners? 
Jensen? Yeah, I, 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 I want to say that, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's often better to, I, I, I'll say, I feel bad about not emailing y'all. And uh, so I'm a little bit ashamed on that front. So I, I, I tell you, all the listeners, you know, we, we built a bond with, with you two guys there. And, and uh, we, we did a disservice by kind of cutting off communication, despite the internet issues. I did have cellular. So I'll look you right in the eye and say, sorry about that. Yeah, send us your cellular, please. We'll cover your cellular. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. we'll cover it. And um, yeah, so you keep on writing us, and hopefully one day you can atone for uh, roasting that pet turtle in the microwave. Hey, 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 hey. And me too, the both of us. We'll do a communal, like letting our hearts out, asking forgiveness type thing. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the, the turtle's name was Michael. Okay, thanks for See, that. I don't even rem- I don't even remember my turtle's name, so you're ahead of me in the atonement. Well, we're we're in the same boat, both turtle killers. All right, well, appreciate y'all. Appreciate you, you Jensen. Thank sure. you so much. You big ass. Man, what a guy, Jensen. What a character. Yeah, what a guy. I really uh, missed getting his emails. Yeah, and it looks like we have our next caller already up. Um Hey, can you introduce yourself to the audience and welcome to Plastic Cups Inside Paper Cups Inside Plastic Cups. Uh, it's Jay Walter, my friends. Hey, what's up, Jay? How have you been? Not too bad. How are you? Good, good. This is my co-host, Dennis Wilson, with one N. Hey, what's Jay. Up, good Dennis? Too. Thanks, thanks for calling in. Yeah, how you been, brother? Good, good, good. Yep. All right, I'm going to spin the question wheel. Let's see what comes up. Okay. All right. It has landed on when is a band still a band or the band? So kind of what I think is meant by this is, you know, band starts with four or five guys. One drops out. Another drops out. Maybe they only have one or two guys left. At what point is like that group? still the group in your opinion or at what point should they have to change their name i mean that's a tough question um i think if they're still making relevant music i don't necessarily know that it matters how many of the original members are still in the band but you know you know, when I when I think when when I when I get this question, I think about like all these acts that still tour under names like the Temptations or anything like that, when they're literally not any original members of the band and they're basically a cover band playing under that band's name, almost acting as if um uh a band is analogous to a professional sports team where it doesn't matter who the players are, that it's just the it's the brand name. And um you know, I think that's kind of silly. I mean, I, you know, I mean, does that make sense? I, so I guess what my cutting line is if the band is still making relevant new music, then I think they're still a band, no matter how many original members are in the band. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, you know, there's some bands who will just sort of tour as, you know, they they have someone who was in the band with original members, but wasn't an original member and that it just sort of is like a chain 
I'll, I'll tell you, it. I'll tell you a genre that is insanely guilty of this. Of this is uh, '80s metal bands. There's yeah. all these '80s metal bands touring under their original name, and in many instances, there aren't even. There's not a single original member in the band. Which is yeah, right. Quiet Riot. <laughs> yeah, well, Quiet Quiet Riot for a love uh, ha, uh, has the drummer still, Frankie Benali. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, just I, I look and see, and they, they, they and you, you'll you'll see all these things about the ba- about guys that were in the band fighting over the band's name, who's allowed to use it, and you know, it's just it's like it's like it's very amusing to me that the drummer and the r- rhythm guitarist from Rat are fighting over the name, who can tour with it. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting because it's actually it, it becomes a fairly valuable property because. Somebody that's a nostalgia that's like into nostalgia and wants to see an '80s metal metal band that they liked when they were, you know, when they were 14, they're going to go see. If it's marketed as Rat, they're going to go see it. If it's marketed as Bobby Blotzer, the drummer from Rat, they're not going to go see that. So, <laughs> right, it's yeah, a very for, interesting. Yeah, for me, it's the when the main creative force. The final cut for me, and I use that intentionally, is when the main creative force leaves the band. So with Pink Floyd, like, you know, the, the keyboardist kind of left the band for a bit, and it, you know, uh, Rick Wright, and it really didn't matter. Uh, he's great, but, like, it didn't matter. But, like, when Roger Waters left the band, I'm sorry, you can't, you're not Pink Floyd anymore. He was writing, he was creating the whole concepts, and he was writing the lyrics. Um, same thing with The Doors. Like, you know, Jim Morrison's gone. They made two more albums with their... They, they don't even consider them their like Doors albums anymore. So, you, you know, when it's the, the main creative force leaves, you got you to gotta call it quits. You got to put it to bed. Pink Floyd is probably the most, uh, you know, most uh, biggest example of that in terms of a band that, st- that, that did have their most major creative force leave and then still, uh, you know, made a ton of money. I mean, the, the Pink Floyd, the couple of tours they did without Roger Waters... Um, well, you know, those were, they were big stadium tours, and people. Oh yeah, Division like, Bell was like. Yeah, and like, momentary lapse of reason. Division Bell, yeah, those were the two. They both did. They both made a made David Gilmore, who was already a rich man, an even richer man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I, it's hard to think of like many other examples like similar to Pink Floyd when that they just kept going. I mean, obviously. There's bands that have had major changes. I mean, you think about Van Halen is obviously like perhaps the most you know, notorious of a band that was able to like change. Like it's not David Lee Roth was the sort of the charismatic face of the band, but he was not necessarily the creative engine behind the band. So right, right. <laughs> so Omar tells told me that you're from Kentucky. Where in Kentucky are you located? Are you currently there? Or are you from there? No, no, I'm I'm in Philly. No, no, I'm in Philly now. I've, oh, okay. I, I grew up in Kentucky, though. Yeah, yeah. I went to you know I was was there through high school and in in, in a bit of college. Oh, oh, you're in Philly. Have we met before? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we have. I'm certainly. Yeah, probably met something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think at XPN Fest. I'm sure. I think you I'm sure at XPN uh, we met. Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so. Um, we had a guest on was uh, previously that was uh, a caller on that was uh, asking about um, or was tell tell us a story about a turtle unfortunate event, but um, it, in any case, curious if you've ever had turtle soup, or if not, and or have you ever you know what's the weirdest animal 
you've ever like wild game animal you've ever eaten? <laughs> well, I have had turtle soup. Um, it's it was a uh, uh, you know I went to law school in at Tulane in New Orleans, and turtle soup is a fair not I wouldn't say like. It's a pretty. It's a dish on many menus in in New Orleans, particularly mm. in, especially ones that are of the of you know French restaurants. Turtle soup is mm. kind of a you know a, a, a sort of an old school French dish. I have had it, and it's pretty good. Mm. Um, the wildest animal probably that I've ever had. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, it probably maybe not. It, maybe it would be not in the uh, in the gamey category, but I've had grasshopper. Um, okay. uh, there's a uh, there's a Mexican restaurant in uh, and, and the name escapes me in South Philly that has grasshopper tacos, and so oh, no I, so I gave it a shot when I was there. And it there to be completely honest, I don't grasshopper. I don't really think has much flavor in and of itself. It's basically just crunchy, and whatever you put on it with it is what it's going to taste like. I, I didn't it, I wasn't grossed out by it. But, but I also wasn't like thinking this is any good. It basically was just like if you got if there's you know salsa and guac with it, then it tastes like salsa and guac with some crunch. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think uh, that that would probably be the oddest animal I've ever eaten. I've, I've had like elk and uh, uh, you know some 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 gamey dishes like that, but you know, the grasshopper yeah. to me might be a little bit odder than either one of those. Yeah, Omar, have you ever had turtle soup? No, I haven't. I have not had turtle soup. I uh, have trying to think if there's anything particularly gamey I've had. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't had turtle really. something. I've I've had lots of game. I mean, I don't know. I've had like venison and rabbit and yeah. I I don't know, but like um, it's something about turtle soup. I I I like I like turtles. I think turtles are cool. But um, we went to a restaurant in Kensington or Fishtown where they kind of they specialize in that dish because um, they have a lot of very old school kind of uh, maybe like mid-century or turn of the century-ish uh, dishes, like uh, working man's dishes. And I don't know. I just couldn't bring myself to eat it. Something people say it tastes like turkey, like turkey a little bit, like dark meat and a turkey. I don't know. Something about it just freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like one of those you know, the old expression tastes like chicken. I mean, it kind of does. I mean, have you ever had, have you ever had alligator before? No, I have not. Had alligator. Yeah. Uh, alligator also tastes almost tastes very much like dark meat chicken as well. If you ever had it. Yeah. So I, I, I've had it a few, handful of times in New Orleans as well. As well. Yeah. So do you, uh, right. do you get down to Kentucky very often? Um, I met you yeah, probably twice a year. My, my folks live in South Carolina now, but I still have a brother who lives there and, and a lot of friends. So I'm, I'm down there a couple of times a year usually. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I make it down for the Kentucky Derby quite a bit as a matter of fact, but. Oh, wow. I bet that's uh, quite a thing. Now, how uh, do you, how do you decide like which horse you're cheering for? <laughs> or, or does it have I mean, to do with the person riding the horse, or the look of the horse, or what? I mean, you're talking. Well, I mean, the, the jockeys are definitely very important, so that plays a big part. I mean, in you know, in in with your handicap in a race. Um, I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of factors, and it, that's a you know, there's a lot, there's a whole lot of factors, and there's probably we don't have nearly enough time to even think about getting into that. But sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it's just. Uh, 
sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, I like the name. You know, there's like, you know, people pick horses for any particular number of reasons. And the Kentucky Derby is, uh, you know, people want to have an opinion on the Kentucky Derby, with even if they don't know anything about horses or not. So it's, you know, it's name, you know, there's all kinds of things. People like the colors. Uh, they think the horse is pretty. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, I have a couple of, of friends who like always like to bet on gray horses. <laughs> What's the atmosphere like at the event? Because, you know, a basketball game is two and a half hours. A football game is three hours. Kentucky Derby is like a minute or two or something. Like, is it... Mostly yeah, but I mean, it's just, an all, but, but I mean, yeah, it's an all-day affair. I mean, you know, it's not you. You don't go to the track and there's only one race that day. Keep in mind, there's you know, twelve or thirteen different races that day, spread out, you know, thirty to forty-five minutes apart. And the Kentucky Derby is just one of the biggest parties on the planet. I mean, you know, on a you know, I think obviously the attendance this year was a zero, but uh, in in on a normal year, it's the crowds around about 150,000 so um and about 150,000 and about 125,000 there won't pay attention to a race all day <laughs> so that's it's fun a, you know it's yeah, a, you have it's time a, in between the races rock, it's a very raucous atmosphere and, and it and there's all types there because you know i mean it, obviously people pay insane amount of prices for the best seats and then there's also the you know, and then inside the track, in the middle, you know, in the middle, you know, the track runs in a, you know, in a, in a oval, and inside the track is the infield, which is where the serious partying goes on, and where the people that are out there, you know, the college kids and everything else, they're not, they're not paying attention to what's going on with the races. They're, they're just there to party. All right. One last question before we let you go, because we got another caller on in a minute. You're really into Taylor Swift for a grown man, like. 30 seconds. Sell us on Taylor Swift. Why should we give her music a chance? <laughs> because it's fucking outstanding and she's a genius. Pardon my language. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, she, um, she's a genius. She's incredible. Uh, and uh, I, I don't, you know, her album should sell you on it. I don't, I don't need to do the selling. She's really... What, probably one of the best things about 2020 is there's two Taylor Swift albums this year, and um, uh, the one that just came out last Friday, Evermore, I would I would already have to say has entered my uh, top five of the year. So, and uh, you know, and I think it speaks volumes to people that are that want to work with her now. Yeah, you know, pe you know, I think it's opened. I think the fact that Bon Iver and some other folks. You know, the, the guys from the National who've uh, kind of latched onto her and uh, wanted to work with her. I think it's opened up some people's eyes like, hey, wait a minute. Maybe I should look and see what's going on here. Yeah, she's come a long way in uh, the last 15 years. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll give her new albums a chance. I'll give her new albums a chance. You, I, I trust I, I, your I, judgment. I, you really ought to listen to the two new albums. I mean, it, I, if nothing else, I don't think you'll, I don't think you would hate them. I'll just put it to you that way. Okay, I will. So I will. He says. He says, "Let let the music do the talking." Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, thanks for for calling in, Jay. Yeah, thanks right, a million, yeah, Jay. This absolutely. was awesome. Yeah, this was fun, man. Good catching up with you guys. Take care. Yep. Take care. Okay. Stay safe. You too. Well, that was nice uh, to hear from him, and um, we're clipping along here. Clipping yeah, along. Clipping along. 
So I am uh, letting, okay. And uh, welcome to Plastic Cups Inside Paper Cups Inside Plastic Cups. Who do we got on the line here? It's Chris Brower. Oh my goodness. How's it going, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Omar, are you good? I'm good. I'm, you know, it's a Friday night. We're on the party line. I've never been on a party line before, but this is pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. Like, in the 70s and 80s, people had party lines. It sounds so much better than, like, Facebook and Twitter. Did you? (laughs) I don't think it was. Did you ever get to do the party line thing? Uh, my my grandparents had a party line, and I remember you just couldn't use the phone. It sucked. <laughs> okay, all right. So you gotta tell you gotta you gotta start here because I remember hearing about party lines, and then I used this term, and then I did some research. Um, but it's all theoretical. So yeah, tell us about how the party line work. I mean, you know, I'll give a little context. I, me and Chris grew up together, so we're out in the rural area in upstate New York. But, you know, you're up in the Mayfield, the more rural area. So, like, how did that all work? It, to be totally honest, I was a little kid. I don't really know. What, what, um, uh, what I do know is that, like, you know, you'd, you'd pick up the phone and there'd be, there'd be people using it. <laughs> so it, it didn't work. And there were, it wasn't people in your own house. It was, like, people up the street. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, some of the things I read was, like, people could listen in on you. They'd be on the phone, so you'd have to wait until they got off. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody on the party line left their phone on off the hook, everybody <laughs> nope. used it. So if there was an emergency or somebody wanted to go kill somebody, you could just take your phone off the hook and it's like they couldn't communicate with anybody. It's crazy. I'm glad we went right to the sinister, right to murder. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, you know, oh, uh, if you were checking in on grandma. <laughs> yeah. So you're so Chris is up in the Catskills in New York in New York. Um, yep. You got killed by some snow, right? Oh man, we got thirty inches here. Like oh, we got wow. a lot of snow. Yeah, <laughs> that's and a lot it, of snow. So, so hey, listen, let me let me. You've heard of champagne powder? You know the snow they get in Utah, snow they get in Japan. Champagne powder, that really light, fluffy. Uh, this is this yeah. is definitely this is definitely the cat, this is the Catskills cocaine powder. That is for certain what we got here. It is the nicest snow I've ever seen. Really? It's it's it's. Absolutely incredible! It, like we got thirty inches of snow, and every shovel full feels like like you know like nothing. You just toss it. Oh, so you yeah we down here we got we got a bunch of snow, and then we got some like wet rain on top. So it's just it just compressed and turned to like there's you know like a layer of iciness, and then snow, and the roads where they didn't plow are just like like three inches of icy mess. Oh, yeah, that's awful. We, I mean, the roads yeah. are pretty treacherous here because it came so fast. So, like, at 10 o'clock at night, there was no snow on the ground. And at 6 in the morning, there was, you know, two feet. Jeez. It was incredible. Yeah, really amazing. Probably one of the fastest I've ever seen. Um, and definitely, you know, one of the bigger snowstorms I've seen. So, what's your excavation system at your your house and your, your, uh, your uh, spa property? Are you got a plow? Yeah, well, we have a plow guy. We got a plow guy. He's pretty good. Um, shows up and does his thing. Um, and then, uh, then you know, the the old uh, snow shovel. And uh, I, I own a snowblower, but it, it needs a spark plug replaced. It it wouldn't start for me. So you know, that's how that goes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of snow. Thirty inches. This entire time you've been talking, I've just been thinking about thirty <laughs> inches and how long it would take me. 
<laughs> it's crazy because you could like normally if it was 30 inches of heavy snow it would that would be like three shovels full for one you know shovel dimension right but you could do all 30 inches in one scoop like as much as you can balance on a shovel you can pick up and throw no problem yeah okay so that doesn't sound so bad yeah we we only got about six inches here but the snow was the ice was pretty stuck to the ground which just made it a hassle like i just kept slamming the shovel against <laughs> the sidewalk you know to hopefully loosen it up and stuff and yes i did salt before and during but doesn't always do the trick no completely. no yeah this this was like the the best shoveling snow ever um and it made so so the ski resort where um you know in the town where i live here windham mountain they had uh i think they had three trails really open you know that in the east coast three trails uh they call it 14 you know it's like every little connector and any little any little piece of uh of terrain they can call a different trail name um but there's legitimately top to bottom three trails and i think they're going to be awfully close to 100 percent open tomorrow uh so that's more like you know 50 trails which is pretty awesome wow. yeah so stoked for that yeah omar are you gonna spin that wheel yeah let me spin this wheel All right, it has come down on how many cups of coffee do you drink in a day? Oh, geez, that's an appropriate question for this guy. Um, well, okay, so cups of coffee is a, is a relative term. Uh, I drink a lot of Nespresso. So that's, a, you know, like a, a, a Lungo size espresso, a, a double uh, espresso, essentially. And I probably have eight of those a day. You have eight espressos a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you quit? Do you quit at a certain time? Like, uh, yeah, usually, usually when I come home from work, I have my last one, and then that's it. I call it. When you so come home, what, what time yeah. is that? Uh, you know, if I get out at normal time, that means I'm home. You know, four thirty, five o'clock. And you have a cup at four thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah. If if you want me to oh. stay awake. If you, want me, if you want me to make it through till nine o'clock, I need to have one at, at four or five. <laughs> Jeez. And what time do you get up? Uh, usually six. Yeah. Does it make you jittery, the coffee? No, not. I mean, like, I've got to really overdo it to get jittery. You know, I've got to, I've got to have another. You've built up a tolerance. Yeah. If I, if I have all that, that Nespresso and then I, like, also have a French press, then I could get jittery. <laughs> Have you had a day where, for whatever reason, you couldn't get your eight? Maybe, like, I don't know, you were in, you were on a boat or something, and the coffee machine was broken, and you only had one or two? Like, has that happened to you? Yeah, so so I'll randomly, like, do a day without coffee by accident, um, and he, I definitely notice it. I definitely will have a headache. Um, but in general, if I hydrate and I'm, like, I'm aware of it, I don't, I don't let myself get it you know, get ahead of myself with being angry at the world, <laughs> then I'm fine. If I, if I recognize the symptoms of not having coffee, <laughs> I, I can <laughs> usually, you know, mitigate anybody's potential to be, you know, cut in half with my words or looks. <laughs> good. That's a good skill to have. <laughs> yeah. Most days, most days I, I'm good at it. So there's been a lot of talk about turtles tonight been <laughs> with the previous callers. Oh, and good, I, good. I, te I teased that you'd be on 
Um, you know, we've covered, covered, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground between, the, uh, you know, uh, everything from turtle murder to turtle soup, which I guess is a form of turtle post murder soup. Um, but right. we're curious, you know, what's as a you're a turtle owner, or I don't know if you call, consider yourself a, a turtle father. Um, but like, what's the beauty? What's the joy of having? Uh, a turtle and uh, as as a pet and what, what what exactly what kind do you have okay so i currently only have eastern box turtles um i've had a number of other species throughout the years um i really like diamondback terrapins they're probably my favorite aquatic species that i've kept um so i think the the big appeal for me is i've always i've always been interested in reptiles as a little kid i was all about dinosaurs um Reptiles are really interesting to me in the sense that they don't have... I'm uh, hijacking this conversation, you guys. <laughs> Turtles snuggle like rocks. They are not good pets. So if you want a rock for a pet, go get a pet that you don't have to feed. This is the problem with party lines. Any any Yahoo can just jump in. Just jump on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was my wife giving her, uh, you know, uh, interesting opinion on the topic. They snuggle like rocks. And that's my line at number one. So she's stealing my own my own good good line here. But um, my favorite thing about about turtles is is that you honestly can ignore them for like months at a time, and they're not dead. You, then you like throw some food in there, and they're stoked about but it. But who wants a pet like that? <laughs> Seriously, like it's a great pet for somebody who, wants who might a pet get like that. It, listen, so, if Denny was going to have a pet that would stay alive, it would have to be a reptile. Wait, wait, wait. and for perspective, guys. <laughs> by the way, hi Omar, hi Dennis, I love hi. you guys. I miss you. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm totally gonna hijack this conversation Why? for one more second because I love them and I miss them. I'm socially deprived. It's a pandemic, okay? I have a four-month-old. I'm left home alone, breastfeeding all day. This is like my Sounds moment. Off. Um, <laughs> I saw the best salutation the other day, totally off-topic, and it was pandemically yours. Just because I know we're all like literary inclined individuals. Anyways, um, uh, yeah. No, nobody wants a turtle as a pet. Not nobody. True. And so, sorry, to, to final final note on that. When I first met Chris 10 years ago, he didn't even have the damn things named or numbered. What kind of pet is that? He already had Well, a- I'm glad he didn't have them numbered. That would be a little creepy. Yeah. Well, no, because, like, I mean, you don't you know who else numbered. Creepy, creepy. And he has thing one and thing two. You know, so like turtle one, turtle two, okay, not okay. like let prisoner me... 562 or hey, something listen, like listen. Now that I've though... been accused, let me defend myself. So yeah, turtles, he's only turtles... he's only got a few minutes left. <laughs> right. Turtles, turtles don't um, don't present their their sexual features. It's it's uh, not easy to to identify them as male or female. So I didn't want to name them and, and impose gender roles on them. I didn't feel like that was an appropriate thing to do. You know, it, it's up to them to develop in their own way. So um it, it was a it was a very you know sensitive thing that I didn't name them. Okay, on that note, <laughs> I love you guys. Have a lovely time with your party line. Good luck with all of this. Turtles snuggle like rocks. Good night. <laughs> yeah, geez, I guess I should have had a secure location for this conversation. <laughs> it was it was a very um, yeah it was very sensitive to you. You were very sensitive to your turtles. All I know about you know Chris's turtle, not yeah, pretty much all I know is that. Um, <laughs> We'd like we'd sleep at his apartment and be you know all we'd you know be all hung over and the turtles would start like banging their head against the edge of the terrarium <laughs> or whatever 
and they would just keep on like knocking and digging and knocking and digging. It was just like that's very those were <laughs> those were courtship rituals. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that was, a, that was a tortoise I had that uh, that yeah was. Um, was they were trying to court cool. me. No, no, they're courting each other, but um, but inside uh, a, inside a glass aquarium, not the best place for a thing that lives with a shell around it. <laughs> yeah, because because they're also kind of it's kind of brutal, you know. In nature, courtship isn't always uh, as romantic as uh, is on Lifetime movies. So uh, they bite each other and then smash each other's shells. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we're coming to our end here. We gotta, you know, we're we're hitting these uh, these lines real hard tonight. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up. Any parting words for us? Uh, words of wisdom, take us into the new year kind of stuff. Uh, boy, uh, the new year can't come fast enough, can it? Um, you know, I think keep up the good work. Uh, you guys have found a, found a good way to uh, keep us all connected and, uh, and you know, uh, embrace the, the greater friend circle. Uh, keep us all on our toes and, and waiting for the next episode. You guys really do need to get better with your biology. So the, the bird thing, I'm still not over it. <laughs> you have four chambers in your heart, you knuckleheads. <laughs> um, we've so, heard that. We've we've heard that critic that critique. Um, <laughs> you know, we're not sure what we're going to do with it, but uh, we've heard it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Uh, and uh, but no, uh, happy to have uh, happy to have your podcast to come back to and uh, and reconnect with the with the the laughs and the fun with uh, the whole gang. So great work, guys. Thank you. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank on. you. Thanks for for uh, supporting thanks for the pod and listening. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, we lo- we love it. You guys be good. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. All right. So I don't even know how many guests we've had, or uh, I don't even know how many callers we've had so far. Um, it could be in the hundreds, uh, but um, how's it going so far, Omar? Maybe we'll get a little breath breather here. It's been fun. It's been fun. We've been learning. I've learned a lot about turtles. I've learned about Idaho. You know, learned a lot. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're going from not quite coast. We haven't got all the way to the West Coast, but we've gotten to Idaho, you know, former Yeah, Kentucky. well, I think our... Our next caller is lives in California, so we're, we're getting to oh. the West Coast. All right, we're getting to the West Coast. Hello? What's going on, fellas? Hey, welcome to Plastic Cups, Inside Paper Cups, Inside Plastic Cups. Can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, I'm Zaid Rabadi. I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod. How's, how's everything in L.A.? Everything's great. I am uh, a fan of the show, so I uh, this is a big, big thing for me. <laughs> nice. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and um, right, I'm gonna. I haven't, I haven't met uh, you. You're, um, this is your. Is this your cousin, Omar? Yeah, this is my cousin, my favorite cousin. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, um, we are cousins, and uh, Omar is someone that kind of been like a big brother to me for most of my life and he is my best man so uh yes there's definitely some relationship there yeah so you're getting married i've heard about this you're getting married in the spring or when is it uh spring but with the way things are with covid it's just uh we're day to day reassessing 
looking at guidelines. I mean, we're going up against county and city guidelines, and uh, L.A. tends to be more on the strict side, which I think Philadelphia is as well. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, Philly, or yeah, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, LA, New York are kind of, um, yeah, pretty, pretty strict. But hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully it'll get better. Hopefully. Guys, all right. I'm going to spin the question wheel. Let's see what's happening here. Tell me. Your favorite album of the last 10 years? I know you're big into hip-hop, but it can be anything. What's your favorite album of the ten, last 10 years that you would recommend to our listeners? Ooh. Uh, always a difficult question. It's kind of like uh, uh, picking favorite kids, right? But, um, you know, gun to my head, if I had to choose one, I would probably say um, Wale, the album about nothing. Um, Wale is a rapper from D.C., and uh, this album about nothing is pretty much has a Seinfeld Seinfeld theme to it. So there's Seinfeld skits, uh, bits and pieces of the show. Uh, The songs are about or tied to situations from the show. So it's a fantastic album, fantastic music, and I'm a huge uh, fan of the show. And it's just, you know, one of those things where it's best of both worlds to me. So, Wow. Yeah, I, I've heard of Wale, but that's about it. Um, I had no idea he made a Seinfeld-themed uh, album. Omar, did you know that? No, no, I'm not, I'm not as into hip-hop as the two of you, so... Yeah, I so if you could... If you could compare Wale to any other artist that we might know or I might know, um, yeah, who would you compare him to? Uh, Wale is definitely like one of those uh, artists that I think has a lane uh, of his own. He's not mainstream, but at the same time, he's somewhat mainstream. Uh, I don't know. Is he like Chance the Rapper-ish or... Um, I'd say J. Cole. He's he's usually lumped with J. Cole. It's him, J. Cole, and um, maybe a little bit Drake. A little bit. When I saw the album cover, it made me think of Lupe Fiasco. Does he sound like Lupe at all? That's actually, you nailed it. Yes. Okay. Lupe. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, it just, I saw the album cover and it kind of, like, reminded me of, like, you know, um, you know, t- mid 2000s, late 2000s, um, you know, mix of uh, hip hop and when indie rock started to mix in indie culture, actually, you know, Seinfeld's not exactly indie, but it, it for hip hop, it's kind of indie because it's not really, really sure expect, you know. So that's cool. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. That's cool. I thought you, you were should. gonna, uh, you know, top 10 or the best hip hop album of the past 10 years. I would uh, Omar didn't ask me, but I'm going to answer the question too. Um, I would I would say "Dark Twisted Fantasy" by Kanye. Uh, solid choice. Yes. Okay. That yeah. is one I've actually listened to, and I do like that album. Yeah, I mean, solid I could, choice. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got a lot of crossover to like rock and everything. It's just, it's yeah. I think a lot of people can appreciate that. Sure. Sure. What about you, Omar? 
but uh, it doesn't work. Is, is this a one-way street? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll answer my favorite album of the last 10 years. Uh, if, if, I, if I had to just pick one album, I would probably say... Right, I'm going to go back a little bit further than the last 10 years. I'm going to say since the 2000s, just because one album's just sticking in my head and I can't get it out. Uh, it's blocking all the others out. Uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco. I, I don't know. There's just something about it. There's definitely a lot of nostalgia about it because the record label wouldn't release it and unless they made certain changes to it. And Wilco just flat out refused to and then gave it away for free. But there's just there's just an amazing use of sound effects mixed in with you know, acoustic guitar playing, uh, great, great lyrics. And it's just one of those albums that I always keep on going back to. It's an, ama ama an amazing album. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great album. Now you're, but you're pushing like 20 years back now. I know, right? I know. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard time in my head remembering what, like what year certain albums came out. I, I'm definitely cheating a little bit. Uh, so, Zay, you've, you've been in L.A. for, uh, what has it been, 10 years, 12 years, something like that? 12. Yep. 12 years. 12. Uh, what was it about L.A. that drew you to it? Because, you know, I remember when you were living, still living in Pennsylvania, there was just something about L.A. that you really wanted to be there. What, 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 how would you capture that in words? It's... A lot of it, Omar, is the weather, <laughs> quite honestly, the weather. Um, my first trip to L.A., I, it was Christmas time, and I was visiting from, um, I think, yeah, I was in Iowa State at the time. So here I go from freezing my rear end off in Ames, Iowa, and after a short trip, I'm in L.A. where everyone's in shorts, and it just, it's, you know, it's uh, an easy sell. Right. Um, and of course, L.A. is big. There's a lot of possibilities. It's an exciting place to me. Uh, so there's something about L.A. I think a lot of folks who visit and Omar, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on this. But even within a visit or two, a lot of it's easy to get hooked on L.A. as an idea and a concept and an experience. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I went out. LA, I've been there a few times for the purpose of visiting you, and uh, I, I feel like the idea of LA to me is amazing because so much of American history is in Los Angeles, but maybe my expectations were too high, but I, I felt like I didn't really generally, like, I, I, I didn't feel like, man, when I was there, like, I could really capture that in the bottle, with maybe the exception of the times when we went to those, like that famed comedy store that had the pictures of like the comedians performing before they were right. famous, and and in that sense, story? yeah, I I can't remember I which think it was, it was the Pasadena. Oh, actually, no, yeah, it was uh, the I House, the Ice House in Pasadena. The Ice House, the yeah. House. yeah, yeah. So, and you know. Uh, when we went to, uh, was it MGM Studios or one of those other ones? Yeah, there's definitely moments where it's like, 
you can kind of like think about American history a little bit there and past sure. and present and everything that's happening there. Yeah. But I do generally prefer more walkable towns than Los Angeles. But uh, Dennis, I know you've been to LA a bunch of times. What were your feelings on it? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 my brother used to live in LA in West Hollywood, so um, went out there several times. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed visiting it, and I would love if I knew somebody that lives there now, and now I do know Zaid. Um, but like, um, you know, I liked visiting it. I thought it was cool. Like, there's a lot of things with like Hollywood movies that I'm into and rock and roll history that is really intriguing, and um, it's got this different vibe than anything on the east coast obviously but i wouldn't want to live there myself just because yeah like omar like a more walkable city a little smaller i don't like to be in a car a lot but i could definitely see the appeal and, and the weather for sure yeah i mean that's a whole different thing there um i've never lived in a warm weather climate for a, pe- a long period of time so that, that'd be that'd be that'd be awesome i guess to try out what part of um los angeles are you in so I, excuse me, I uh, live and work in the north, the northwest area, the San Fernando Valley, uh, Burbank, um, around those parts. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Not that far from West Hollywood and, yeah, right. but like over the hill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel hill. like regardless of where you live in LA, uh, Dennis, you're in the car for at least 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. No matter what you want to do, you're in the car right. for 20 minutes. That's, that's the thing that like, I guess you get used to it, but it's been so long since I've lived in an environment where you needed a car. I haven't owned a car in the 12 years or whatever. I do lived in Philadelphia. I've owned a car mm-hmm. for two of them. And and now my wife, you know, we have a car to collectively, but um, yeah, just I mean, we don't we don't use it for sometimes a week or a week a couple weeks. So um, yeah, that's just a whole different thing. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go see Mark in uh, this other part of LA. Oh, that's yeah, we're gonna sit in traffic for a little while. We're gonna go to the Dodgers mm-hmm. game. Oh, that's gonna definitely be, you know, we almost we went to opening day and we almost missed the game because we were in so much traffic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. Go, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Dennis. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, so it's just uh, some, some continue over. We were talking, and the last caller was talking about uh, he's in up in the Catskills in upstate New York, and he got 30 inches of snow because we got hit by a big snowstorm here on the East Coast. Um, um, what's your, do you have any fun? Do you like snow? Do you, you know, maybe not on a daily occasion, but do you have any fond memories of snow? Sure. Yeah, I uh, I've had quite a bit of it. So I was uh, born in Pennsylvania, lived there till I was around five or six, and I moved to Amman, Jordan. In Amman, it would snow. I would say once a year or once every two years, it would snow enough where the schools would shut down, and it's just a snow day. And of course, growing up, that's a day you look forward to. So uh, I'm no stranger to snow for sure, but. Uh, to me, it's uh, if there's a choice between snow and no snow, <laughs> I take the no snow any day. I'm okay. I'm I'm not heartbroken about not experiencing seasons. Um, and how much it's... snow? How much snow does it take to close down the schools in Amman? 
Gosh, you know what, Omar? I, I don't even know right now. Um, also, keep in mind, like, it's an older city and the infrastructure yeah. isn't there. So yeah. it would take a lot less to shut down a city that old versus, you know, shutting down New York. Uh, but it did happen. It just it wasn't frequent. I'd say once a year, once every two years. Um, and then a day or two after, it's back to normal. But, um, yeah, I don't know, Dennis, you, you live in Philly too, right? Yeah, I live in Philly, but I grew up in, uh, upstate New York where we had, um, lots of, lots of snow days and delays, like school delays. So we get a lot of two hour delays, um, which was always good. I mean, cause you can only use like up there, it'd be like, they'd get to a point where if the, if it, they, the state gives uh, the, the school districts a certain amount of snow days. And if you go beyond that, you start to lose funding. So the schools will be like, oh, we're not going to, not going to lose funding. So they would just be like, all right, let's give it a couple hours and we'll try to clear the road so the kids can get to school and we can get our funding. Cause um, mm. it was it's so much, you know, it was in, in a very rural area and picking up kids up in the, in the mountains and stuff. It's, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, in if you get a snowstorm in New Jersey, you might cancel school if you got three or four inches or five inches up there. You might get like six to eight, and you're still not canceling. And you're going up, and the school buses are going on dirt roads up in the mountains. It's pretty. It's it's a different. Yeah, it's a different uh, situation. Um, but but it's, there's nothing better than a snow day. And I just saw my friend that lives in New York City. Um, his um, his school said, you know, uh, when it was going to snow. Uh, a couple of days ago, they're like, we're, we're just calling it snow day, no virtual school. You know, the kids have lost a lot this year and we're not going to take this away from them. So, you know, go sledding, you know, have some hot chocolate and just, you know, have some fun. It was, and that was kind of a, a very nice thing uh, this, to have this year, I think. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So any, well, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you're a listener. I'm glad you called in. Um, any any parting thoughts? Um, no thoughts really, other than uh, you know, love the podcast. I love how light and entertaining you guys uh, keep it. Um, keep it up. Thanks, cool. guys. Appreciate. We really appreciate you calling in. Sure thing. Talk All to right. you soon. Later. Take care, Later. guys. Not okay. Dennis. All right. It was good to talk to him. Um, we got yeah, yeah. That was fun. We got our West Coast perspective on things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, it's been an amazing party line night so far, and we've got our last guest. We saved the hippo for last. Yeah. So um, this, you know, for for the avid listener, uh, Bobby the hippo uh, was, you know, one of our early guests. Um, I want to say maybe around the episode six or seven, um, he told us about Zill backstory. He was, um, a hippo that was on Pablo Escobar's estate. Um, and you know, he's got quite a life story, so it'll be interesting to check back in with him. Um, so, you know, until we, um, you know, until we hear from him, um, you know, you know, we could just, sorry, I ran out of thoughts. 
No sure. thoughts, you know, we've had a lot of thoughts for one night, so. Uh, I know, I yeah, realize how that. hard it is. I, I realize how hard it must be to have new appreciation for being a radio, not a DJ, but like a talk radio person where you just talk and you talk and then you so you have somebody come on and you know and then they talk and this like who knows what they're going to talk about and then you talk some more and yeah it's just like it can be quite tiring i'm enjoying it but it's 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 somewhat of a, an endurance uh uh exercise isn't it it is it is you gotta pace yourself keep yourself hydrated keep yourself mentally sharp stay yeah. focused yeah and it looks like here we go bobby hippo is on the line uh let's let, let me just make sure that he is able to hear us mr bobby hippo are you out there For some reason he's not coming through like it says he's joining well you know he is a hippo so we'll cut him a little bit of slack as far as figuring out yeah having joined a zoom meeting yeah i mean i i'm amazed that he can even even come close to it um, yeah all right hello uh welcome to uh plastic cups inside paper cups inside plastic cups uh we presume this is bobby the hippo is that correct this is bobby yes this is bobby the hippo that's correct glad to be back so do you prefer do you prefer to go by bobby hippo or bobby the hippo well, uh, I guess my, uh, you know, my Catholic name actually is Roberto Duran Hippo, but you can call me Bobby the Hippo. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, how have you been? We it's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's been an interesting year. Uh, I think since we last spoke, I've just really been working on myself a lot. You know, just constantly working on myself. Uh, I've taken to burning sage every morning as part of my routine. So it sounds like uh, you're trying to make the most of, you know, maybe having a little bit more downtime during the pandemic. And I think I'm interested in this burning sage. How, what's the connection between burning sage and self-improvement? Well, you know, uh, I think like that's, yeah, you know, I spent some time one morning Googling as I do in the morning, and uh, I typed in self-improvement, and then there's this Getty image of uh, burning sage, and I just thought that was the starting place. Um, because the funny thing is, before I started burning sage, I was burning a lot of things in the morning. Like, I was burning uh, basil. That didn't work out too well. Definitely burned a ton of, ton of bacon, because I like bacon, as you know, as a hippo. Um, but the sage, that seems to be working out pretty well. Plus, I think that's like what all the cool people do now. Um, because I'm like, I'm kind of over the yoga stuff I used to do. So I was looking for like a new thing to make me feel good about myself. So sage seems to be the thing. Oh, you're, you're breaking my heart. I thought hippos were vegans. And now you're telling me, I hope you're the only hippo who started eating meat. It's not all hippos started eating meat. What's the deal? Uh, well, yeah, as part of like working on myself, um, I decided now is a great time to actually get into being an MMA fighter. Uh, I was watching Mike Tyson's fight, you know, he, you know, he came back, he's like 50 years old or whatever. And I'm looking yeah. at that guy 
he's 50 years old and he still got it. And I figure why not just get in the cage? That seemed like the logical thing for me. So uh, I, I need to start taking on, like putting on a little bit more protein and, and bulking up, you know, to be in the cage. So you're training for MMA? Yeah. Yeah. Working on chokeholds. Cool, cool. Tell, tell, tell us about that a little. How are you? What's, what does your day look like? Who are you training with? What's inspiring you? Give it to us all. Uh, so, you know, one of the cool things, uh, you know, through my former yoga connections, I was able to, um, I was able to connect with Carl Weathers. You, you might know him as Apollo Creed. Uh, you know, he played an amazing boxer who unfortunately met his untimely death, uh, thanks to a Russian. And, uh, you know, he still keeps in shape and he's not really training any kind of martial arts or fighting, but I feel so confident that his ability as Apollo Creed, that would just sort of like, he could impute that into me. And so we've just been working out every morning. Um, so I burn the sage. Carl shows up about like nine o'clock in the morning. And then we start running on the sand and it's sort of like, yeah, sort of like the Rocky movies. So I'm just going through like these montages every morning. And my hope is that like, I'll get into a cage and actually win a fight. We'll see. Cause I, you know, I've never fought before. And I am. Plus I am a hippo. Yeah. So uh, it, 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 it recalls some images of uh, what is it? Rocky three or four when they're, uh, Running on the sand together, Carl Weathers and um, yeah, and Stallone. Yeah. Are they out in L.A. there? Yeah, I think they're out in L.A. Uh, I've been training in um, I've been training in El Paso, Texas. So huh? yeah, we just run in the desert, run into the ocean, running back. It's it's you know like the way a, a Rocky montage works out. You know, you so, guys. Oh yeah, really. the, I mean, the beautiful. The beautiful ocean coastline in El Paso. Yeah, I love it there. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, are... I'm gonna voice a little bit of a concern here. So, montages sure. are great; they're cinematic. But I don't know if that's ex- like I've never trained for a fight, so I could be wrong. But I don't know if that's the way to train for a fight, just by montage. It, it seemed to work for Rocky like seven, eight times. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of those montages he's done. That's true. That's I mean, true. granted, he also, I mean, he takes it on the chin for like usually the first seven rounds of the fight, but then miraculously he figures it out. That's sort of what I'm going for. That's my strategy. I'm just going to eat a ton of bacon. I'm going to get into a cage. And we're just going to see how it works out. But I think I'll win. Yeah, and, and really the um, the montage is like the, Aesop fable of the eighties, you know, you, you take, you know, the, the fables are just a distillation, a moral tale based on a lot of a variety of, you know, human experiences. And they're put into this package of, you know, uh, animal life and whatnot. And just so that you can, and it's the same kind of thing of like this, the, the, you know, the, the, the moral message is like hard work and perseverance pays off in the end. And so, um, you know, it's 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 a, a nugget of of inspiration in the way that the uh, the moral uh, inspiration of Aesop's Fable. I, I, you know, it's 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 not truthful. It's it's not it's not the it's not the whole story, but it's it's the inspiration that that, that people like 
you know, Bobby with the physique that I've seen, I've seen on Instagram these days, um, you know, it's, it's clearly paying off whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess you've been checking up on my grams. Yeah. You know, I just want to, again, it's this whole part of just working on myself. Yeah. I got the gram going, of course, um, trying to just be more like transparent about my transformation into a mixed martial arts fighter. Whereas like, you know, I, I want to peacefully beat the crap out of people in cages. Um, so I think this is the right direction. Uh, feel great. I'm in the best shape ever of my life. Uh, and I'm just trying to, you know, really ring in 2021 with a lot of cool stuff. Um, and then, you know, after I get done with this cage fight thing, I think the next thing is I'm going to go back to, uh, hopefully when we get beyond this pandemic, I really want to get back to like DJing at, at raves and, uh, rich people parties. Cause that's really sort of my, that's really my wheelhouse is I miss being around rich people and crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our last caller was from Los Angeles. And I'm just curious about, Oh, wow. Have you spent any time in Los Angeles um, um, or Southern California? The, any ex, any fun experiences you've had out that way? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we talked about this a little bit the last time I was on. Yeah. Um, you know, I was pals back in the day with, you know, um, you know Pablo, right? And Pablo yeah. liked to fly those airplanes. Um, and... With us, you know, I was part of the hippo band in his place down in Columbia. Sometimes if we weren't, you know, being the in-house band, sometimes I'd help out Pablo with his airplane rides because uh, a lot of times, like, he'd have to go make a delivery of his business. And he'd be like, hey, why don't you come along in this uh, this little small plane I have? We're going to fly across the ocean, uh, me, you, in the back of the Yayo. Um, and we would do these crazy flights to LA and um, somehow like, even though it was a small plane, like he just, he just knew how to make that plane fly really fast. So I've seen LA a couple of times. Uh, and what, years, what, what years are we talking here? I think this is like uh, some, somewhere between like 83 and 84 and a half. Like it, yeah. it went, oh, it, it was a blur, dude, especially, yeah, dealing with uh, Pablo's kind of stuff. Things move fast. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if that was, I, I'm not sure what uh, Bowie's, no, I guess Bowie's Thin White Duke era was earlier on, but I, I imagine that was crazy times in, in the, in LA then. Um, Omar, did, have we hit the wheel with, with Bobby here yet? We, we have not. Bobby, get ready, sit tight, get comfortable. You're about to spin the wheel. Okay. The wheel is spinning. Play it wide. Let's see what question it is going to land on. All right, this is an interesting question for Hepha. Sure. Your favorite song to dance to? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, my favorite song to dance to, it would be um, Rebel Yell, Billy Idol. That's what gets my, that's what gets me going. <laughs> I know. Describe, describe how you dance to that song. I want to hear like what your body's doing. How's it? Wait, how wait, it's doing wait. it. Can I break in? I want you to do that, but like, can you sing it for us a little bit? Like, it's just for the listeners that don't know that song. Sing a couple bars. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. The, so, you know, uh, part of my accent, because, you know, you know, been around the world, but when I sing Rebel Yell, sort of goes like, uh, you're going and Rebel Yell, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. And it's yeah, again, to that. Yeah. Um, so, because, yeah, you guys like a podcast too. They charge you for that stuff. So, you know, give a small sample. Um, yeah. Uh, so the way my body moves when I'm playing Rebel Yell, I'm usually kicking up my uh, left hoof and then the right hoof. And it's going in this real choppy motion. And my hands are moving. Like, if you can imagine, like, a Donkey Kong, that's... Like, yeah, I try to move like Donkey Kong while I'm dancing to Rebel Yell. Um, I just want to give everybody an alert. You know, this is a party line, and it seems like there's um, a party coming in. So um, if, if you guys don't mind, I, I can't, you know, we can't monopolize the party line, so we're going to have to let some some folks in. Yeah. I love a party. It looks like we got some people coming on the line. It uh, looks like Omar is muted. Why is Omar? Okay. Uh, welcome to Plastic Cups inside of Paper Cups inside Plastic Cups, the party line. Um, looks like a bunch of teenagers have, have hacked into our party line. <laughs> oh, what do we got going on? Who's, who's on the line? Hello, it's your wife. <laughs> oh. oh, hello. I find your wife is a teenager. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, but she's 18 year olds or teenagers, so it's totally, totally fine. Still counts. Uh, looks like we have Dennis with three N, two, two ends. Two N Dennis with uh, his wife, his 18 year old wife. All right, does, does your wife, do these wives have names? Like my wife's name. No. <laughs> <laughs> she took your name. She's just, you know, X. Yeah. X verbo. And Mrs. Drian Dennis. She, she's just wifey. <laughs> Wife. And who else we got in the line? We have Mike on the line and Kim. This oh. is Michael Sue. I thought it was like three Christmas cards addressed to that. How fucking weird is that? And Mrs. Mrs. Michael Sue. Sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Michael Sue. <laughs> Yeah, some archaic shite. So you guys realize that you're um, in the in the presence of uh, greatness. Bobby the hippo is on the line. Bobby, can you uh, introduce yourself to the to the? Yes, folks? hello. Um, it's it's a pleasure to meet all of you. I'm I'm Bobby Hippo. Uh, <gasps> you may or may not know, but I'm a hippo. So uh, I, I I'm a hippo and I like to party. So this is awesome. <laughs> He's a hippo who likes to party, but. He's training for an MMA fight right now, so he yeah. can't, you know, he can't get too, too carried away. So, Bobby Hippo. Yeah, I just. What does it mean oh, go for it. Yeah. In, in hippopotamus ease to like to party? Um. Well, hippop- yeah, that's a great question. So, in hippopotamus, uh, I mean, all it really means is that, you know, I'm. I'm a party animal. I'm a, literally a party animal. I show up to your party. I bring a case of beer, and we're going to have a good time. Well, that's great. Can hippos get COVID-19? Because as people, we're restrained from doing that right now. Uh, sadly, yeah. Yeah, uh, the COVID thing, it, 
Like, I'm not immune to that. Like, even though, yeah, obviously I'm a hippo animal and such. Um, no, I, I mask up all the time, like a, like a smart like a smart person should do. Mask up every day. I'm proud of you, Bobby. Uh, I really appreciate how much you care for humanity by wearing a mask. Yeah, the tough part is actually finding the mask. Um, and that's been a discovery process for sure. Um, well, it's it your mask with... I, uh, if you need help, right. you can't just do is great at making masks. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, well, you know, first. first what I was doing, I was just going to Target and buying like um fitted sheets and tying them around my face because you know I'm I'm a hippo dude, so it's like it's not like uh I go to Etsy. You know what? Extra large men's underwear works pretty well too. <laughs> mm. I'll yeah, take that in consideration. Really? I was gonna say a maternity dress, maybe. Yeah, I tried that. Definitely a muumuu. Um, I had a a custom. Well, I, I the one thing I did get custom. I I got a custom size ShamWow. You guys remember that ShamWow guy? Yeah. Oh like yeah. It, I party with him actually. Yeah, I, I party with him a couple of times too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let me tell you about that guy. Us. Now I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um. You know, uh, I never did that stuff, but you know, I, I like um. Sort of my origin story, um, I came to prominence working with a guy you might know named Pablo, and uh, he was into, like, that kind of product, and, uh, yeah. Omar, you got any more questions in that question wheel? <laughs> I mean, I've got – I should – I'll spin the question wheel. I'll spin right, – and then I'm going to spin the – then I'm going to spin the two of the 18 people on. That's just the question wheel. So I got two <laughs> wheels to spin. Okay. All right. Question reel is spinning, and who's going to answer the question reel is spinning. All right. It has landed on Kim. Kim, are you ready? Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. Favorite movie of the last 10 years? Favorite movie. All right. If someone else want to jump in, Ben, it's the two ends. I feel like you've got a favorite movie of the last 10 years. Yeah, Dennis with two ends was in the movie industry. I think this is better for. I him. think he's muted uh, right now. Then. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Do Scorsese that. rules apply to We're this? We're back. Like, do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Favorite favorite movie in the past ten Milan. years. Milan. <laughs> That's more than ten years. That's really. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when, when did they make you get served? <laughs> 2006. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So that doesn't count. Uh, oh. I'm going to say Argo. What about, what about Over the Top? Oh, I think that's 1984. <laughs> <laughs> More than 10 years old. Okay. <laughs> you are old. All right. Um, uh, okay. Self-admittedly, I don't know much about Math Max. I've never just, honestly, I've never had use for it. In my life, um, well, I mean, I get it. Yeah, I, like, I like movies. They don't really teach it at hippopotamus school. Mathematics. No, they don't. They just teach you about water. Lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I feel like I'm at the age now where. Like when I was younger, like in my teen, like, like everybody's wives, you know, teenagers, I was really into movies and I cared a lot about it in like the early 2000s, like discovering art house movies like Memento and 
Mulholland Drive, like things with non-linear timelines. But now I just feel like, um, I don't know, I, I haven't, I don't invest the time in movies. I think they've gotten worse. Well, I mean, for sure, right? Like every movie now is some sort of like, franchise tie-in or, yeah. or like, you know, for export. It's like a Marvel movie. It's a Batman, Superman movie. It's a sequel to a TV show from the 80s. So yeah, a, writer, a writer for the New York Times had a column or an idea in one of his books that the, the fact that only superhero movies get made now is a sign of cultural decline in the United States. That there's basically no new ideas, that everything is just pre-existing IP. So the, the problem with that argument is that the majority of those ticket sales are from China. Well, I mean, China has no culture, right? Like, let's just put it out there. Like, 8,000 years ago, they were, you know, writing in books, and it's just been downhill since. Once they invented paper, it's just gone downhill. <laughs> like, they have contributed nothing else to humanity since then. Well, they did the, um, <laughs> the compass, right? Yeah, it was the compass, it was gunpowder, and the printable press and paper, and that was it. Um, Ice cream. Just and I also... Mike's Asian, by the way. <laughs> There, there also are no original stories. We've been telling the same stories since humanity's began. Well, I mean, I guess the counterpoint to the to the factual that movies have gotten worse is that TV has gotten exponentially better, right? The the stuff that you watch at home. I mean, if you think about premiere movies, uh, you know, in the two thousands, like those people instead are making TV shows on Netflix and now on Amazon. I don't know. Oh, oh my God, we are rewatching Frasier. <laughs> That's, yeah. my, that's my favorite movie. Do you remember when Frasier was the smartest show on TV? <laughs> yes. It was like... We've come a long way. Blown away. Everybody will, was blown away. <laughs> I will argue 1994 Boy Meets World is smarter than Frasier. <laughs> okay. So we both... Uh, that's, that's, like, a, that's... Wow. That's a hot we take. We both woke up at like 3 a.m. last night and Dennis put on Boy Meets World. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is interesting because we like to just watch TV to fall asleep. But like, Boy Meets World, like I watched like four episodes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This paint me this picture. So, why did you wake up at three, and why did you wake up at three and start watching Boy Meets World? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we just wake up um, in the middle of the night. That happens to me too. So yeah. We, we live on a like uh, intersection of two relatively loud streets. So it might just be like a loud car going down the street or... We also have um, two dogs that try to get into my uterus throughout the evening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just some something happens and wakes one of us up. Um, and I have terrible ADD, so I need some sort of background noise to help me fall asleep. And um, uh, preferably uninteresting. Yeah, or something that was seen like a bajillion times. So, well, so I, I hear there's this podcast that I've heard of. It's I, I forget what it is. It's something about like cups and cups. Um, but like every time I turn it on, like six seconds later, like just out. I think it's just the sound of the of the host's voices. Well, see, like I think that's all the tank wine you're drinking. It is oh. so good. It's Tell so me more about delicious. Tank Wine. Banshee? No. <laughs> Banshee and Tank Wine are both so delicious. They go down so fast and it helps you sleep. All of a sudden, you're so half a Yeah. <laughs> wow. Tell me more. 
Hey, wait a minute. So I have a so it's been a while. Uh, Omar or Dennis went in. I have a question for you guys. I mean, given the the meteoric rise of this podcast, I mean, have you guys actually worked out a sponsorship deal with Solo Cups yet? I, I mean, it seems like that's a logical sponsor mm-hmm. partnership. Well, like yeah, I mean, Spotify. Well, Spotify came to us before they went to Joe Rogan, and we oh. wanted to stay independent. You know, we didn't want any corporate involvement with our podcast, so we declined. So cool. I was. We declined that. I was. We wanted I, was I, I didn't decline that. I, just for the record, Omar <laughs> spoke for me. And what? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a little point of. Uh, I mean, it was too. Yeah. I mean, it was too soon. It was too soon to go corporate. We did. We did have a sponsor. Earlier in our podcast, uh, it was called Fruits in a Box, and basically they delivered fruits to your house. But we did such a good job promoting them that they just ran out of all the fruit they had. So, all right, folks, it, um, I, it looks like I'm getting a, a text message from uh, the, the 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 party line operators that were uh, over our limit. So really. I yeah. Bye, Bobby the Hippo. Hi. Those are some uh, pretty cool teenagers, you guys. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They they must. I have... mean, they know that they know this is where the good party is, so they crash on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys do. I mean, I, I don't want to be a narco or anything like, but you guys take care of them, right? You, you uh, get them like their their uh, their booze for them while they stay outside. Oh yeah, yeah. They were. Um, I think those are the same kids. I was down at the uh, the Cumberland Farms earlier, and you know they were like, "Yeah, man, can you hook me up?" So I got them some Killian's, Killian Irish Red, um, some Zimas, and you know some Bud Ice. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. I must. I must have dropped a party line number out of my back pocket because I was handing it out in the neighborhood earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, but, but uh, Bobby, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I don't know if you have any parting words for us. You're you're officially yeah, we didn't know that was going to happen. So officially, the last guest of the the pod in in twenty twenty. Any words to leave us with? Well, uh, I think you know this has definitely been. Uh, unprecedented year, but with 2021 coming up, yeah, I think let's just get back to basics, man. Let's just get back to blocking, tackling, normal stuff, man. Parties, cage fights. Um, definitely looking forward to active loins again as a hippo because, you know, again, trying to be responsible in this pandemic, but, you know, a hippo can only wait so long. So, Get the loins going in 21. Yeah, appreciate it, man. And appreciate your endurance, uh, your fortitude. Um, you know, best you and, and all, of your, all of your family and friends. Thank you. Yeah, oh, you're all doing great here. It was, a, <laughs> it was a pleasure. It's great, yeah. great to get an update from you. You guys are great. <laughs> All 
All right, folks. Well, that brings our special 20th anniversary party line edition to an end. Omar and I were so excited and exhausted that we forgot to say goodbye. So um, on behalf of Omar, uh, we'd like to wish you a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in 2021.